Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Feel the Gap, the podcast where we share conversations and stories about being human. This week, my name is Ali. And my name is Janet. <laughs> and it's been quite a while since we've had an episode. So today yeah, I always episode. say this is uh, this week, but it's not. I don't know why I say week. Yeah, it's, I guess this yeah, episode. Yeah. It's been a while, but as usual, even though it's been a while, um, we are not experts or professionals. We have not upgraded ourselves in that area. <laughs> so everything that you do take away from this, please take it with a huge grain of salt. It is up to you what sits right with you or what sits wrong with you. But we're hoping it's just a place for all of us to share thoughts, stories and create ideas mm. here as well. And on this week's episode, we're actually th- talking about something that's a bit close to our hearts. Um, we're thinking about the ways that we actually speak to ourselves. The saying, we are our own worst critics, was our leading inspiration for this episode, you know, referring to how we commonly speak or sometimes think about ourselves in quite unkind or even critical ways, um, and sometimes quite dismissive of our own feelings. Of course, everybody have different opinions and different ways of speaking to themselves. But we were really thinking about how this fits into so many of our lives in our quiet internal world that nobody really hears. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thanks. Thanks for that beautiful introduction. Um, it's, it's very interesting when I thought about this, this topic because <clears throat> I think I see a lot of Pinterest, or I don't really serve Pinterest, but I guess reposts of those images on Instagram where, you know, they, th- they say things like, be kind to yourself, or uh, treat yourself like how you would treat a friend, or these sort of things, right? And that makes me think about, um, how do I actually speak to myself? And I always thought, no, I, th- I think I'm fine. I think I, I treat myself pretty nice. Um, mm. But I never had the awareness of the language that I use for the inner dialogue. I never paid attention. And it's almost like on a subconscious level, it happens. I'm sure it happens. It's just I don't notice it. Um, which is very interesting because when I find myself in, in like what I call unhealthy loops of, of thinking where just my brain sort of goes into a cycle. How did this happen? What could I have done better? Blah, 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 blah. And the symptom or like what, what I notice is I'm in this cycle. But I, I don't notice the layer of the language that I'm using. And then I had this hypothesis of maybe, maybe I actually subconsciously am unkind to myself. But I don't notice it. So I went and sort of did a, some sort of an experiment uh, that's like, why not I try affirmations? So I, I journal every morning or I try. And I try doing affirmations um, and say things like, uh, you know, I am kind, I am compassionate, or blah, blah, blah. You heard the typical stuff. And it felt so far from my reality. Because mm. it's not to say that I'm not kind, but to say that I am kind mm. feels so weird to me. Mm. To say that I am competent Mm. And the reasons why. To say that I am loved and I am desirable. All these things were so far-fetched in my mind. It felt so distant and not 
true to who I am, even though that's kind of where I want to be. And if, it was weird and awkward for a long time, but eventually it felt normal. And then the symptom or the thing that I noticed is I used to tell myself like what to do. Okay, I'm going to go to the toilet, pee, wash my hands, get the bottle and, and uh, fill it up downstairs, something like that. And then I would carry those actions out and forget something like, oh shit, I forgot my bottle. And then I'm like halfway down the stairs. And then I think to myself, shit, why did I do that? Fuck. And then I'm like scolding myself and punishing myself. Like, yeah, I knew I was going to do that. Why, why did I not pick the bottle, right? And then the shift that I noticed was, I, I noticed that I forgot the bottle and, and then my brain went instead of, why didn't, you, why didn't you take the bottle? It went into, oh, thanks for remembering. Mm. And so mm. it was such an interesting concept. Like I, I didn't actively tell myself to thank myself, but my brain went there. And I'm like, mm. wow, like that is interesting because yeah. the same event carried out. But yeah. the brain and, and like the way I experienced it is completely different. Yeah, yeah. Mm, that's very interesting. I think I think that's a very interesting never I think takeaway from that. I think on, on the one hand, when you're talking about how it felt so distant yeah. um, from you, that language but I am kind or I am whatever it might be. I think it's also that a lot of these are internalized voices. Mm-hmm. Um, and language that is learned Mm -hmm. and for many of us perhaps we don't grow up in an environment in which it is common that our parents first and foremost and other people in our life throughout time say these things to us (laughs) right I think Asian as well you know Asian parents are not the most linguistically affectionate Um, and so a lot of times these kind of words like, oh, you know, I love you, you know, mm-hmm. you're so smart, can feel a bit, oh, strange, <laughs> I feel a bit awkward. And it's just like, I don't know how to receive or take this. Yeah. Right. And instead, we're more used to words like, oh, you can do better or um, you need to do this. Or if you don't do this, then blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Right. So a lot of I guess we're more used to hearing expectations um, rather than we're used to hearing good job for doing this. Yeah. And even when we do receive it, sometimes we Mm. don't accept it. Yes. Yes. Because it's not, we're not brought up in an environment where this feels normal and this feels good. And, you know, in that, in that warmth way, Mm. right. We learn Mm. what sits right or doesn't sit right. And I think then that, that, that brought me to the second part when you were saying about your brain changing, right? Your response changing. Because on the one hand, like I, you know, that we learn the language about speaking to ourselves and yeah. we internalize this voice. And your active commitment to create a different voice or to, to actualize mm-hmm. and grow a different part of you, right? That commitment and action that you make to that did create another part of you that could speak louder mm-hmm, mm-hmm. perhaps than the other part of you that you grew up with maybe yeah and it, and it sounded so fascinating and I think it was very rewarding perhaps also here yeah. that that other voice that came up instinctively yeah 
Like I didn't train myself to say, say thank you more. Maybe I did subconsciously, but I didn't actively do that. Yeah. Until it, it came out naturally. I'm like, wow, how interesting. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because it doesn't have to be, well, in a way, while it's training, it doesn't have to be the direct words of thank you, mm-hmm. right? It is like building that part of ourselves that affirms things that we do mm. right or that we do well every single day. It's that compassion mm. to ourselves that we build up um, in a way. And that, and that compassion or that self-affirmation can take on many different words. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Even if it's not thank you. Yeah, it's like the inner voice that would look at the end of the day, look at what you've done and say, Good job, you did good today. Like you showed yeah. up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you showed up and why isn't that something to be proud of as well? Yeah. 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 But I think it's worth also talking about that, you know, why that critical voice or Mm. that you know sometimes critical voice might be a bit extreme for some that demanding voice or that doubting voice inside Mm. of Mm. us like why why do we why did it become so So ingrained right yeah like it must have served a purpose in our lives for it to have become that way yeah what do you think was your reason well, I guess it served a big purpose in my life, and it still does. I think I'm a very disciplined and motivated person when it comes to knowing what I want done. Mm-hmm. And, and when I set out my goals and things that I want to do, this part of my brain kicks in. It's like, okay, what are the steps? Do it. And then, and then how can I be better? And like criticize the the how criticize the things that I've done so that in the efforts of like improving the process in the future or like how can I be a better friend how can I say something in a certain way so that people understand uh, so it's it's the intention is there to to be better but the yeah. execution of it ends up being hypercritical and somewhat detrimental to my well-being of I guess feeling like um it's never enough to be at where I am. Yeah. I yeah. always need to be there. <laughs> yes, not yes. here. Yes. There is a, a doing, right? A state of I'm working towards an end point. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And and this voice or that part of us that it's the I'm just gonna call it the more part. The mm-hmm. more part of us, it's it, it serves as a form of like it will get me there. Yeah. Right. And I think for maybe a lot of us, it's also this sense of fear that if I don't have this part, then I'm going to be lazy. I'm going to be unmotivated. I'm going to be this. I'll be passive. Right. I'll become this passive person who's not driven anymore. um, And then I will not meet my goals or the, the, the expectations for myself. Right. But then I wonder, though, that I guess this more voice or this more part of us takes on a life of its own Mm -hmm. right which brings it then to that why we call it a critical Mm. voice right that unkind part Mm. right in the sense that instead of pushing us to want to do more it makes us doubt ourselves even more 
right. it makes it harsher on ourselves even more. And it only makes us feel more unmotivated. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a fine line that, that you kind of cross over and then it becomes counterintuitive and, and kind of spirals in the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. And perhaps when we were young, having this very critical voice was helpful, right? It, because when we were like, no, you need to work harder, it did make us work harder and then we got results, mm. right? And that is reinforcing because, oh, this voice, this attitude towards myself got me the end point that I like. And yeah. so it's reinforcing. And so it becomes this reliance on, I just need to be harsher. I just need to demand more myself and but then the more we get harsher and demanding on ourselves the more we start to lose sight of that actually we perhaps on our own are goal-driven people mm. without needing to beat ourselves down yeah. in order to get to that goal yeah yeah 100 percent. i think we train that muscle so well that that's the only thing that we rely on but mm-hmm. I think as we get older, um, it's okay for us to let this muscle be a little bit weaker and train mm. up the other voice, the mm. reassuring, self-affirming voice that I think has been hiding for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not really yeah. hiding, but just kind of sitting back then and forgotten yeah. about Yeah. Yeah, I think it's that very strong association with being kind, being gentle with yourself. Well, it's associated with this passiveness, with laziness, Mm. with complacency. I think complacency might be a big thing. And then people worry that if I'm going to be complacent on myself, then I'm going to lose. Right, Right? I'm going to lose. And then, but my critical part is saying so loudly to me, you cannot lose or else right and that okay well obviously the idea of failure if it's so present why would I give into it yeah I guess there's just just like a double-edged sword for each side of the equation like for either part right so you always have to pick a balance between the two you can't forever be critical and not give yourself credit for what you've done because that's just a miserable state of being. And you can't always say, it's okay, it's okay, and then live that way and kind of is passive. I guess mm-hmm. it really depends on people. But for myself, I think I'd like to have a balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think the balance is key, right? The state between doing and the state, the between doing and being, that we can't always mm-hmm. just be in the doing mode. But at the same time, we can't always just be present and being without driving ourselves in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. it's like holding two different, it seems like opposite modes of mm. thinking and, and feeling uh, mm. in the same space. And it seems very polar, but they actually serve the same purpose, I think. It just helps us to be more mm. like a better human being. <laughs> Mm. And the question comes in that can we push ourselves for more mm-hmm. without having the voice that is harsh and critical? Right. Right. And then I guess then this comes down to also the meaning of the word critical. <laughs> yeah, I was right? going to ask like, you that. 
I, I guess then that would be the contention. Like, what do we mean by a critical voice or a yeah. critical part of us, right? Is it critical in the sense of criticism that we receive, which is natural part of everyday life to be mm-hmm. normal, to receive criticism and then progress through that? Mm-hmm. Or do we mean critical in the sense of you are shit, you need to do better, <laughs> Right. right and maybe like needing to clarify that at first like in my head when I said critical voice or inner, inner critic uh-huh. it's that it's the latter this this awful voice within us that is always running us down that's always you are not enough you're not doing enough you better do more and it's always holding this threat <laughs> over us in a sense right that I'm so silly I'm just not good enough. Oh man, I need I need to do better. I'm shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think I think that's the 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 same definition that I would give when I seeing a critical voice. It is the the unkind, kind of unhelpful, like I don't need this voice to in order to survive um in today's world at least. Uh but yeah, I definitely But, but many would argue that. though that you do need this because yeah. it it is the fear factor. <laughs> almost that drives us to the extreme yeah that encouragement positive reinforcement not good enough fear is what is going to push us right to the top right Right. and the question is that is that really true i don't know i hope not i i wish there was a better way i think i don't know if there's any research done in this area you might be more well the, the what i i what i do know um it's not direct time. it's not directly relevant to i mean it's relevant but it's not directly speaking to this but what i do know is that positive reinforcement mm-hmm. so trying to increase behavior mm. through giving something positive yes works better mm. than other forms of reinforcement oh interesting yes so which is why it's not to say that fear doesn't work, right? Obviously, fear does work. Absolutely. If not, we wouldn't have generations and generations of parents caning kids trying to do that work. <laughs> right. right? I mean, that's just that's just the automatic. And, and even within us, when we want to get people to go our way, we shout mm-hmm. almost instinctively, right? We want mm-hmm. to create that sense of fear to get them to do things. So it's not that fear doesn't work. Um, but from what I know from studies that positive reinforcement is the most effective form of reinforcement right i mean so question how does it translate into the real world you know probably we should do more research on that (laughs) no i mean it instinctively that makes sense to me like if you feel good about something you'd want to keep doing it right and the, the the narrative that falls in my mind of trying to be better via the critical voice it's just something i'm so used to yeah right yeah. that it, it's just the way of living at this point and it's exactly not what i want and so exactly i do want to see how other avenues and how how i would try new things to achieve the same outcome but yeah be more kind to myself or like happier along the way yeah that's it i think we have an interesting um story to share from somebody yeah uh i can give the introduction uh so this is my friend from the states and he is 
this video editor at a pretty big, big, big <laughs> uh, animation studio. And I know him from, from a hobby that we share and he's a really cool guy. I really, really enjoy talking to him. So I thought I'd pick his brain on this topic and I'll get to his little reflection about this inner critic sort of um, dialogue that we're having. So he says, I generally don't get down on myself or if I do, not for very long. I guess maybe I'm lucky that way. Maybe the opposite to a fault. I tend to think others are the problem and it certainly can't be me because I'm a perfect shining star and everyone else is stupid. But then I question that and try to see if I'm actually flawed myself. I do this kind of talking to myself often. It's not really talking down to myself, but rather talking myself in circles, round and around. The quote about being your own worst critics doesn't really relate to me in the sense of talking down to oneself. It seems rather shallow. I'll try to explain. Imagine you release a piece of work or art. Generally, it's never really finished, right? As the creator, you will always look at it again and find something you could tweak. I mean, for most things, making a video, coding an app, or anything. I guess if you do coloring books, you could call it done when you put the last color on. Or if you do puzzles, it's done when the last block goes in. But in my work in artistic life, or as a musician, it's never finished. You could tweak forever. And oftentimes, I guess you would do it, you would do just that. While the rest of the world watches or consumes your thing and sees it as final. This doesn't affect anything about my own thoughts of it. A magic trick can have multiple outs, multiple endings, and only the magician knows that this audience didn't get the best version, but the audience doesn't know, and is still blown away by what they've seen. So, back to being shallow. What I mean is, it just seems superficial to say, oh well, this is shit when the rest of the world likes it, unless you release something prematurely that you're not proud of. But if it's worthy of release, then I don't think I judge it too harshly anymore in my mind. That's not a true being my own critic. It's just being too close to something to be able to see it for what it really is. I make movies that people say are their favorite movies of all time for a living. And by the time they come out, I genuinely turn to my wife at the rap party viewing and say, is it any good? Because at that point, I'm just too close to it to know. I can only remember the jokes I found funny that were cut out or other little things I wish I had gotten in there. I don't find that to be talking critically to myself though, is it? What are your thoughts? <laughs> Very interesting. I think it's a lovely piece. Um, thank you for your, for sharing it with us. Um, and I think it also is just like, you know, splash water in our face to say like, you know, not everybody is a critic to themselves and not mm -hmm. everybody believes in the same ideas that we were just talking about, which is lovely. Yeah. I, I think it also brings up to mind our question about what does it mean to say being your own critic? Right, because everybody's definition of being their own critic of being critical can mean very different things. Yeah. Um, and from what I heard from him, perhaps to him, closest idea to being critical for him might just be that that sense of work is never done. Mm -hmm. That that sense of there could always be more to make it beautiful. Mm -hmm. There could be always be more that I could do to it. Yeah. But that doesn't make the work any less good yeah yeah, yeah. I, that, that, I guess that was the sense that I got from him yeah yeah like there it's it's very interesting what I got from this this whole thing is that 
there are different. You, you can see an event unfolding in time as a unique experience, but if you are taking the perspective of the performer or the audience, it's so different. It's completely different, and. And as the audience sort of comes in and, and looks at the experience, they're like, "Oh, this is amazing! Like, how did you get mm-hmm. here? How did you make this?" And then from the creator performer point of view, it's like, "Yeah, it could be better, or maybe maybe I could try something else." And so, I guess for him, the inner critic isn't isn't the senseless of beating yourself up kind of critic that mm-hmm. we were talking about, but mm-hmm. more of the the that motivator voice that's like yeah we can could do I, more could I do more yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 right and I guess that there are different standards that people hold right yeah and I and I guess that that's also the nuance of what we were trying to say earlier in some yeah. ways right that we could be motivating ourselves to want more to do more uh-huh. without it having to be a critical voice yeah. Right, this sense of that we ourselves are driven people, and that we can be driven people <laughs> without requiring that part of us that keeps telling us you're not enough, mm-hmm. or this is a piece of shit work you need to do better. Yeah, I guess like, I guess maybe he does embody a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, which is which is nice. It's nice to know that that it is possible. Yeah, yeah. So I. I think very interesting his opening paragraph about um, when when he was saying that he he tends to think to think that other people are the problem, <laughs> and I know he's making a joke. I'm sure, but this sense that it can't be me because I'm a perfect shining star and everyone else is stupid. <laughs> and then going back and forth, like, is that true? Maybe I'm the one that's fault and things like that. Yeah. Um, I thought that was very interesting. What did you think about that? I guess because you know this person. What do you? Yeah, do you he's funny. About? He. I, yeah, I think it's more of a joke than anything, but um, I've seen it manifest in terms of the the rounding, that going round and round in circles. I, I can't say for him, but I guess from that's the point that I took from that paragraph or the thing that he shared, um, where it's thinking about, is this my fault? Or is it just a situation? Or mm. like I keep bouncing back and forth between... Is this something that um, I could have done different? Or is this something that the situation just happened and there's nothing I could have done? So it's, mm. it's, I remember in secondary school where I had so many of these conversations and it drove me insane. Like mm. it, it would be the smallest of things, like friends would say something or not say something and then I would be so insecure or self-conscious mm. about the whole situation I'll play the whole situation out mm. I don't even remember an example but it mm. would be something and I remember bouncing back and forth between um, the options that I could have taken and then the reasons why this happened and the reasons mm. it could go oh my gosh my brain just was on like mm. running at 99% for damn long mm. so it was super mm. tiring and I remember that being um a part of my life for a while uh, yeah. and that's what I think about when I hear what he, he said of, of talking around around circles mm. yeah do you think do you think that whole episode in your life or that whole process that you take 
it's it's a part of you that is trying to seek control, certainty, and answers. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I guess it's also trying to make meaning of of everything. Because at that time, right. I didn't have that concept of what could be controlled and what can't be controlled. I felt like everything was my fault or everything was my responsibility. Yeah. And yeah. so I play out things that are, aren't even within my control just so yeah. I can like, weigh these options and think about what I could have done and what I should yeah. do next time. But yeah. that's why I was counterproductive, which is, yes. it just mm, didn't yeah. bring me anywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's something you know, they call ruminating. You're right. <laughs> right. When we when we hold and replay things in our mind, thinking, right, it serves the purpose of helping us figure out what went wrong, helping us to get a sense of control, helping us to figure out an answer, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're asking questions about what did I do wrong? What could I have done better? How can I prevent this in the future? Mm-hmm. Let me just pick it apart so I can find mm-hmm. the right answer, <laughs> right? But it's also called ruminating because we are going in circles Mm -hmm. that perhaps we are asking questions and finding answers to things that we could not give an answer to yeah um and then we're just stuck in there and and then the bubble of thought words grow in our head and this sense of i'm out of i have no control of my life or i did something wrong or that i can't solve this grows and then you know that that ends that state of discomfort yeah yeah, it's not a nice place to be in, but it's no. something that I'm so used to. And I still yeah. I find myself doing that once in a while still. And, and and at least I'm more aware of it now. It's easier to snap out of it if easier relatively, but still it's a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. And perhaps it's also one of the ways that many people talk to themselves. That it might not be a critic saying I'm shit, but it might be a voice inside them or the part of them that is the way they speak to themselves is by asking themselves constantly, where did I go wrong? Why did this happen to me? Yeah. Why did I do that? Yeah. Why? And yeah. going back into the past and trying to unpack things. And to them, that's the way the conversations play out internally. Yeah. yeah and, and I want to add to that, to say that it is not necessarily a bad thing to reflect upon what has happened Mm, to mm. pick out the situation to understand what has happened to then Mm -hmm. learn from it in the future yeah but but there's a difference between doing that and then also going round and round circles that is unproductive yeah yeah Yeah, and self-defeating in a sense yeah because i guess you could see how it plays out when if we're going back and looking so reflection might be looking back on what happened yeah you know, when did things perhaps not go the way I wanted to? What is within or without, like within my control? and, and Yeah, what is within my control? What are things that I can do yeah. in the future, right? And a yeah. lot of it, it's, it's answerable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That we are asking questions that we can answer. Yeah. Versus asking questions about why am I so stupid? Yeah. Why didn't they love me? <laughs> why didn't they pick me? Yeah. Right, yeah. um, and these are perhaps questions that are not answerable, yeah. and cannot be resolved, yeah, in our own capacity. But because we can't resolve them, we start to become, like you said, self-defeating mm. in that process as well. So, 
Yeah, perhaps, yeah. So maybe that's a good insight on our, um, your friend here, that maybe he gets caught in that cycle. Well, actually, I, I think he does. I think he, yeah, yeah he's going to maybe give me some shit about it. But I, we're very similar. <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I do think that he sometimes gets into loops. And uh, it's very yeah. interesting. I wonder, you know, if he were here, I'd be so interested to ask him that if he maybe isn't joking as well. <laughs> That, you know, that there is part of him that is very confident yeah, um, or that is very self-assured, right? That yeah. does have a tendency to go towards the instinctive thought that, no, I don't think I did anything wrong. <laughs> um, but then also have that self-reflective quality of saying that actually, am I being too arrogant to say that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then trying to go back and forth in that I think that would be an interesting question to ask him yeah we'll get him on the next time um, <laughs> I would love to pick his brain about that as well he's yes. a very interesting character yes it would be very interesting to know well I feel like this whole this whole episode so far has been you kind of sharing your insights and, and asking questions about me and, and the story. What about yourself? You know, any, what are the, what's some of the language that you use to speak to yourself, if anything? Um, I think I can. The funny thing is that when you open up very early on in the podcast, you sort of know that we might not be very clear about yeah. how we're speaking to ourselves. And I think that's something that stays with me still, that okay. I, I sometimes don't know Am yeah. I being critical to myself? Am I not being critical to myself? Um, I think for me, it manifests less so about where did I go wrong? Um, I'm such an idiot. Mm-hmm. Less on that and more about self-doubt or insecurity. Okay. That the language to myself is this almost non-verbal. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, that, that kind of sinking feeling of that you can't do it. Okay. Right? And I don't hear these words in my head though, right. right? I don't think of myself in that way. But sometimes when approaching things, approaching new things or approaching situations that just test me in some form, it's that sense of, ooh, I don't know how to describe it, this feeling inside of me that's just like, oh, you're not good for it. You're not good enough for this. And, and they're going to see that actually you're not good enough for this. Wow. Like a, a sense, like a weighted feeling of, of uh, anxiety, maybe? I mean, definitely it makes me feel anxious, right? right? It makes me feel really uncomfortable. But that critical part is, yeah. is less verbal Mm-hmm. Because I really cannot bring myself to think of words that I would say to myself because I don't usually say those words to myself. Mm-hmm. And I think it helps because I was very lucky that my parents never used certain words mm-hmm. to me. Um, so it doesn't come up with words. It's just come up with the insecurity and doubt in myself. Right. That that creates that sinking feeling of like, mm, no, you, they're going to know that you actually can't do this, that I, maybe you're faking it. <laughs> I don't know. But it's just that, that oh um i i kind of get it but i'm just interested to see how this plays out like what if they did realize that you weren't up to par like if if you were kind of faking it like what's the worst that could happen what's the worst that could happen that 
I guess, yeah, that I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I suck. <laughs> not, not that I suck because I don't think I suck, but that, yeah, I'm just not that good as I'm trying to, to come off as, or that I'm not, um, I can't meet that expectation that I perhaps think people have of me. Right. Right. But maybe that's okay. Absolutely, absolutely, that's okay, right? right? And, and and I think that's what, when I do feel um, hesitant or I do feel that, oh, they're going to sense that I'm a fraud, I think I actively talk to myself, right? Mm. And, and trying to be like, so what? Yeah. Right? So what if I don't meet the expectation? So what if I'm not great? So what if I, yeah, I make a mistake or so what if I fail? Wow. Right? I'm not required mm-hmm. to be to be perfect i'm not required to meet anybody else's expectations and if i didn't do so great in this then so be it i will figure it you know i will know that then i'm not good at this mm. right mm. i think that that is the achievement part of life that yeah. usually i i don't beat myself so much up about it um in terms of like interpersonally where insecurities lie I think that's oftentimes when I experience a lot more of that mm, that feeling of like maybe I'm not really that good or that 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 wanted kind of thing that mm-hmm. kind of feeling mm-hmm. um, and so the internal conversation with myself it's that sense of self doubt yeah that you're actually not interpersonal between people you're not actually so desirable or so good or so wanted right and and then i guess that that feeling even though i don't think it in words uh-huh. it, it, it sits with me yeah. right and perhaps that that holds me back it's like a physical barrier in my body that pushes me back from wanting to do anything mm-hmm. to reach out mm. do you get what i mean I like do. the critic is like a physical force rather than a word in my right. head that is so interesting that it manifests in different ways but I guess because if it was words for me it's easier I think to break out of certain patterns because I understand the mechanism it's language so I can use language or use a different medium to fix it or yeah try a different yeah. approach but I guess for your situation it's so abstract-ish that it seems a bit hard to yeah. change or improve well, I, I don't know I get the right word I guess the I guess the fact that I can describe to you now what it is it's like I'm putting it in words right? right and a lot of it was me asking myself like why do I feel so uncomfortable with this mm. or why do I not want to do this mm. right why do I feel so shit right mm. now and feel mm. like and, and and then by me asking questions of myself in reflecting um then it creates words such as oh maybe I don't think they'll like me mm. or I see not. I see okay and then okay. and then that creates the words whether or not I do anything with it I don't know but <laughs> sometimes I do <laughs> sometimes I talk back to the voice um with this feeling but other times I'm just like okay whatever I don't care <laughs> <laughs> oh, right well, I guess that's that's very interesting insights about how it manifests differently for different people. But we kind of, I mean, I guess from you and me and, and our story so far, it's, we all have a version of 
a voice or a mechanism, a sequence of behaviors that um, mm. help us move to a certain place. And sometimes it's beneficial and sometimes it's detrimental. Mm. Um, there's some sort of like a, th- a fine line that threads between healthy and unhealthy. Yeah. 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 And I think maybe to think of it as what your friend said in his um, metaphor, uh-huh. um, or rather it, it's a great analogy from his quote, I mean, his writing about how he said that a magic trick can have many multiple outs, multiple endings, and only the magician knows that this audience didn't get the best version, but the audience doesn't know and yeah. is still blown away by what they've seen. Yeah. And the idea that I guess for me, it really sticks to that same sense of that we all think the world is privy to our failings. Mm. That however we feel that we failed is going to be judged and seen by everybody else out there. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But maybe that's not always true. Yeah. That when we grew up, yes, that was true because our parents were very present in saying, maybe you didn't do good enough in this, yeah. right? And then, but then that becomes generalized to many other ways in our lives. But as we grow up, you know, um, it's not always that way. Yeah. Yeah. People aren't seeing us as failures day to day. Yeah. And, and that... Sh- I guess a thought came up in my mind, which was, I used to think, like, I would run through those scenarios, go round and round in circles, and beat myself up for going round and round in circles. And, and then as I got older, I realized what I was doing, and I said, it's not about you, you being me. It's not about me. Like, the world doesn't revolve around me. The, the, the sequence of events didn't happen just to make me feel like shit. Yeah. So there's no yeah. use in beating myself up because it just happens tense. It just it just happened. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's not like it's not like yeah, it's not about me. This this whole thing isn't about me. It just yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that and that's the thing, right? That we are the center stage of all our own minds and all our, of our own lives, which is why it feels so dangerous to make a misstep because we are the main performer in yeah. our head. Yeah. Um, but everybody is the main performer in their own heads <laughs> and all of us are a little bit too caught up in our own lives sometimes Yeah. Um, to be actually trying to nitpick at everything else somebody else is doing with their life mm. so I guess is it wrong to have aspirations no is it wrong to have goals is it wrong to want to do better no absolutely not right these are all perfectly good things desirable things to have, mm. to, have to want to desire things is right but to want, but but sometimes in the process of wanting that so much, we put ourselves on the stage of evaluation constantly. Yeah. Constantly. Um, and that is so tiring. It is. It's tiring and it's somewhat useless. Yeah, it could become <laughs> useless, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I hope whoever's listening. Yeah. My, my learn, I mean, the takeaways from our lovely co-host here in her daily affirmations to herself. <laughs> I got it to journal. I mean, I personally don't do that. I think I'm really lazy. 
to to have that discipline. But I think it's a it it was such a beautiful example of how we can manifest different sides of ourselves. Yeah. Right. And learning to be comfortable with affection to ourselves Mm. and kindness to ourselves isn't some cheesy hoo-ha out there. Yeah. That it, it isn't about thank you, I did great today. It's about being able to accept the good and the bad that we do without feeling like we've ruined our whole lives at every moment. Yeah. 100%, <laughs> exactly. I think I, a little bit on the affirmation stuff, I was very skeptical. I'm like, who needs the shit? Like, it doesn't even make sense. Um, I mean, logically, it kind of makes sense, but I'm, uh, yeah, I was too lazy. Um, but I was telling myself to journal every day anyway, and I was not doing anything that held myself accountable. I was just kind of writing thoughts, and that helped in the sense of clearing my brain out uh, at the beginning of the day or whatever. But I wasn't holding myself accountable for specific things that I want to be better at. And in doing the affirmations or the actual, the fact of like writing down I am whatever or whatever it is that you want to write, it kind of made me accountable to that moment. And at the end of the day or week, I would look back at that and think, how did I feel then and how do I feel now? And it's, mm. it's a weird shift. Sometimes it's worse, sometimes it's better, sometimes I forget that I wrote that. And I, I get mm. reminded, like, oh, right, that's something I cared about. That's something I wanted. Mm. And so I guess that's a whole other topic about journaling. But, but <laughs> the whole affirmation side of it is, is, was a new thing that I was skeptical to and, and am still kind of skeptical to in terms of the reach and, like, the potential of what it can do. But mm. it has surprised me in some way. Mm. Yeah, I think... If nothing else, it's that daily commitment to deciding that for that three sentences that you write or for that one minute in which you're in that moment, your commitment to appreciating things about yourself. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that more than anything creates shifts within us because it opens up that part of us that there could even be this possibility. Mm. Right? So hopefully maybe all of us can find that part of us as we go about our day. Yeah, and hold it on. Hold on to it. It's so hard. Hold on with our life. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much um, for sharing today and to your friend as well for his really different and insightful point Mm -hmm. about his conversation and inner critic. Yeah, thank you too. Very interesting perspectives today. All right, so this is another episode of Feel the Gap. Hopefully, it will be something interesting to hear and always looking forward to hearing more stories from our viewers and listeners. Thank you so much and have a wonderful day, evening, night. Take care. Stay kind. Bye.